HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, listener. How are you feeling? Need a boost of energy? Magic Mind is an innovative drink with matcha and 12 functional ingredients to help you focus and combat stress. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And it's great to be online and a podcast and recording remotely because that gives so many more people access to the show. Before 2020, we used to record the show live in person at the Heritage Radio Network studios inside two repurposed shipping containers at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. But since episode 200 of Tech Bytes, we've been recording remotely, which allows us to talk to a lot of different people that would not have been able maybe to make it out to the shipping container in Brooklyn. A lot of people have been staying at home, working from home, doing all of their shopping from home. And that's great if you have a job, like maybe being an audio engineer where you can work from your couch. But if you're a restaurant chef and you're a cook, how do you do that? It's really hard to do to be a restaurant chef if you can't work in a restaurant. Well, today we're going to talk to Chef Emily Peck, who does a lot of work not in a restaurant, but she still manages to feed people. How does that work? Well, we are going to talk about Cook Unity, which is a very interesting company, also started out of Brooklyn back in 2015, ironically the same year TechBite started. CookUnity.com, if you want to follow along while we're talking, was the idea of Matteo Mariotti, who wanted to create something that was kind of like the Spotify for food. It started off with six chefs in Brooklyn cooking and delivering food to people. And today it is a national company. They did a very large $47 million Series B raise last year. And they have more than 50 chefs cooking for people around the country. You can order four to 16 meals a week. It comes to you in all nice, smart packaging that's compostable and recyclable. And the chefs get a cut of the dishes that they make. It's a very interesting idea. It was an interesting idea back in 2015. And the pandemic in 2020 sort of was a very, very strong proof point, making it more so. More people wanted to stay at home and eat really good quality food. And more chefs needed an alternative way to cook for people. So today we're talking with 
As I said at the top of the show, Emily Peck, who is a plant-based chef and nutritionist, she has been on the Cook Unity platform for a few years now. So, you know, oftentimes we look at these things from the consumer point of view because a lot of people listening to the show are consumers and customers, and they're interested in finding out how to get to delicious food in real life using their technology. But today we're going to look at things a little bit from the chef side, the company side, the business side, and really see how all that works. I know when you're sitting at your couch and someone knocks on your door and they hand you a bag of delicious things, it seems like magic, but there's actually a bunch of people behind that magic. So Emily, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. It's it's a lot of fun. So tell us... Um, Tell us exactly how Cook Unity works on the chef side. Take us back to when you first decided to join the platform. What was, when was that and, and what was happening that made you gravitate towards this idea? Sure. Yeah, Cook Unity came at a time when I was um, exploring my cooking in, in, as a private chef in people's homes. And I had come from a nutrition education. I studied dietetics and used cooking as a tool to help people, um, you know, figure out how to help themselves eat healthier and not just rely on um, eating outside. And it allowed me to help people with lots of different dietary needs and cooking for them in their home. Um, I was I was loving and learning so much and sharing my vegan food. But Cook Unity came when I sort of wanted to, I was seeking out a community. Um, and this is a chef collective and a completely different way to share my food um, and with a much wider audience. And so I, I joined before the pandemic um, in 2018 and it's just been a, a slow growth um, of building my team and my menus and um, sort of transitioning from being a private chef into this chef on a platform. Um, when, you, when you say you were looking for a community, mm -hmm. you were looking for a community of colleagues and professionals versus a community of um, clients and customers or yeah. just a general sort of universal plant-based community? You were specifically looking for colleagues and, and people to work with? I was, yeah. I, I loved working one-on-one -on -one with clients because that way I felt I could understand their health needs um, and the food they like to consume and it helped me get to know them a lot better. Um, but seeking out the community was just because it can be very isolating being a private chef. And I wanted to cook with peers and learn from other chefs. And, you know, I've, I've always been plant-based, but I love being surrounded by people who eat all different kinds of ways and with different cuisines. And um, it was a really great uh, learning process and, and introduction to cooking on a much larger scale and also helping me to grow a business um, in, a, in a much different way. So explain to us a little bit how you came to find Cook Unity and then what the onboarding process is for becoming a chef on the platform. And just, you know, talk with us as much as you can without revealing anything, you know, proprietary or confidential in terms of your business and the Cook Unity business. But 
how did you how did you find it? And then what did you need to do to become a part of the platform? I was um, Mateo actually reached out years ago in 2015 when they first began. They were looking for local chefs and it didn't work out at the time for me, but it was my first introduction. And then a few years later, I met uh, a friend, Lena, who's also on the platform now as well. Um, and we were working together and Mateo had reached out to her. And so we met with them and joined and we actually were trying to join as a team um, and sort of be the first like duo chef plant-based team. Um, and that didn't end up working out in that way, but we each now, you know, we were onboarded and introduced to the company and it was, you know, they give you lots of autonomy. And so you can, um, give as much time to it as you, as you want when you begin. So you can have, you know, make 50 meals a week, or you can say my cap is 400 meals or a thousand meals a week. Um, so it gave a lot of flexibility in terms of growing and beginning and, and trying to find out if this could be a, a profitable business. And so Lena and I ended up going, um, having, forming our own teams and, and it, um, yeah, they helped sort of create our portfolio for us. But it's been through the course of the three years that I've been there. And one of the things that has really helped is um, the Chef app on the platform that has allowed us to sort of be really in connection with our customers and see in real time our sales and um, be able to review and respond and understand what the customers want in a, in a different way. So that's been a really helpful tool to use um, and help grow. The interesting thing about CookUnity as well, it is a platform and consumers have a single interface, mm -hmm. right? They go, they can order online, they can order through the app, they put in their zip code, they decide how many meals they want, they... Um, look at chefs or look at types of food or different categories. And then, you know, they order and then, you know, things start to show up uh, two weeks later at their home. Mm -hmm. But it actually is when it's when we talk about it being a chef collective, it's actually several businesses mm -hmm. housed in one business. So it's almost like a food court, if you will, where each chef has their own little business set up where you pick, you create your own recipes and dishes and as you said how does that work when you decide how much you want to work or how many meals you want to do and when you talk about hiring a team mm -hmm. you know when we think of a meal delivery service we don't really think about it as being mm -hmm. a collection of like 50 small businesses so right how does how does that work we it's very cool to work along we're all working in the same building in the same um, with the same equipment and we're working alongside each other, but we're also sharing a space. And so it is a community um, vibe and we try to create, uh, you know, good, you know, working practices. And, and it's, we each decide for ourselves how we want our menus to be. And we, you know, do recipe testing and research and decide what it is we want to, want to make and and submit our recipes and 
Well, so when you say that you have a team of people, what does that mean? How many people do you have working on the Chef Emily plant-based menus? I have a team of three. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I just added another person, so I'll soon be a team of four. And um, it's it's been really great to have helping hands. I was doing it alone for quite some time. And as I've been growing and getting more orders, um, I've been able to expand and soon I'll be able to expand my menus um, to offer spring and summer menus. Um, But that's because of the team that I have and, and finding them and working with them over these years um, have been incredibly helpful and I couldn't do it without them. So essentially, Cook Unity is providing the kitchen space, exactly. providing the ingredients, yes. providing the customers, yes. providing the delivery and the packaging. So then within the framework of costing, do you cost your own dishes? Is there a master sort of costing template? And then you figure out how your recipes work within that. And then you create your own production flow Yes, within the parameters of... Um, is it sort of like a profit sharing or a percentage or commission based for every meal that year based? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the reviews that we receive. And so you can, you know, sort of quickly within a two week time frame, um, take meals off if they're not doing well or add new meals. Um, and yes, they provide all the food and it's up to you, you know, how many of each meal you want to provide or offer for that week. And so the system, the company knows, you know, the amount of ingredients that you need. And so there's a marketplace where we get all of our ingredients and where we can check up on all the specialty items, make sure they're there and make sure we have everything we need um, for, for each production week. So how is that for you going from a one-on-one very close relationship with your customer and diner. You were in people's homes, which there isn't anything closer to someone than (laughs) actually cooking food for them in their home. So you go from this very um, analog, in-person, intimate experience Mm -hmm. to now having an app and reviews and technology. So you're still getting information, but it's very 2D and very digital. How has that shift been for you in terms of your relationship with the people that you cook for? Yeah, it's been a a very big shift. And luckily, I still have um, one private client that I'm able to maintain that close relationship with. Um, But it is really different. And, And one of the reasons why I love it is that I can not necessarily focus on really specific dietary needs or preferences that one person has. I'm sort of stepping back and trying to find meals that a wider audience will enjoy and not necessarily like a hardcore vegan. Often it's people who aren't and are giving giving the vegan meals a try. And so finding meals that are a little bit more balanced and geared towards um yeah, being uh, appetizing for a lot of different kind of people. So 
it's been hard not having, you know, I definitely miss having more one-on-one interaction, but the truth is, is I, I do receive feedback and we can respond and communicate with, with our customers. Um, and I think that's going to expand in the future, which will be really wonderful to sort of get more insight and have them get to know us a bit better as well. Um, has there been any feedback that has surprised you either way? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> what, what, what are some of the most surprising comments that you've gotten from people? I mean, the, the few that are like, this is the best meal I've ever had, changed the way I thought about vegan food and vegan cooking. Like those are what I and live, live for yes. <laughs> <laughs> that fuel your day yes. when you're working late into the evening yes. or you know tired I yeah screenshot life-changing those. reviews yeah mm-hmm. I screenshot those and refer back when I get the um you know a lot of people are like I, I don't like the taste of squash or I wish this had real cheese not vegan feta and you know sometimes it can be frustrating because it says what it is and you know, they have ability to order it or not order it. (laughs) Um, But I understand and everyone wants, you know, the meal they're having to be the best meal ever and to be exactly what they expected. So yeah, it's sort of have, like I have this niche of food. I love cooking, but finding ways that sort of tricks people a little bit into thinking it's something they're familiar with. You know, I don't, want to do really heavy, hearty, um, you know, decadent vegan food necessarily, like at a a vegan fast food restaurant. But I'm trying to find that balance of like, instead of fried buffalo tofu, I'm doing crispy baked buffalo tofu and a vegan dressing on the side. Um, And and so it's it's been a really big learning curve. Well, speaking of life-changing reviews, um, Mm -hmm. we're going to take a a moment um, to do a little um, props to Tech Bytes. When Emily and I were emailing about the details of putting together the episode and different things to share, um, I was absolutely over the moon when she told me that she'd been listening to Tech Bytes since back in 2018 and that She had a little bit of a helpful, I'm not going to say life-changing, but definitely perhaps direction-changing experience listening to the episode. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but um, I am going to put you on the spot a little bit. Can you tell tell me what that um, episode was and and how it was impactful for you? Yeah, the episode was with an investor and I, I am so sorry I do not remember his name it was it was 2018 I would have to go back and Harley, look in the archives yes mm. um but it was about um angel investing and um about some food tech apps that had been recently picked up um or that were of interest to this one investment company and it was um along along the lines of exactly what I had been researching at that time and looking for inspiration and in because I'm not from the tech world and really was sort of learning a whole new vocabulary of learning how to um, design an app and my interest was was in designing this dietitian based app and was seeking out um, ways to to help it grow and get investment. But the app was um, 
primarily focused on targeting meal plans um, and home cooking and shopping and combining all of those in one. And it was definitely a big undertaking, but I needed to understand um, sort of how it works a lot more. And Tech Bytes was incredibly helpful to me at that time. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. You know, we um, record the episodes at, or do the episodes live, you know, like we do now. And, you know, I always am captivated by the conversations I have with people mm-hmm. and looking under the hood sometimes and, and understanding how things work. And while we do have, you know, listeners from around the world and we get comments and feedback, um, we don't have a studio audience, you know, and you can't see the people or hear the people. So it's always nice to come across somebody who listened to an episode and um, found it informative because at the end of the day, that's really what our goal is here is to um, take trends, tech, things that are out in the world that many people have heard of, but Oftentimes, we don't know exactly what that means. We did a whole series on NFTs and cryptocurrencies Mm -hmm. and Ethereum. And while those are things we all see um, in the news and in our social media feeds, you know, a lot of people don't know what they are. So we really try to be informative. And I'm so thrilled that um, we were informative for you. And now here you are informing other people. So it's a great full circle moment for everybody. It really is. I remember feeling so (laughs) inspired by by the few episodes I listened to and feeling more confident in my ability to like do this. And that's great. We are going to take a quick break and find out who is sponsoring this episode and making this episode possible for people to listen to around the world. Did you know that Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit and we keep the lights on and the mics hot? out of the generosity of our members, many of whom are listeners like you, grants and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. I've been covering food tech since 2015, and I've seen a lot of companies pitching functional beverages. Most of the time, they're just caffeine with add-ons. Magic Mind is a mix of 12 functional and natural ingredients, including ceremonial grade matcha, nootropics, adaptogens, and lion's mane mushrooms that extend your energy and help you fight off stress. I took the Magic Mind 14-day challenge, drinking the two-ounce shot alongside my morning coffee, and I'm always skeptical, but I did notice a good energy throughout the day that carried into the next day and the next. I was actually surprised at how much I liked the overall effect, energy, and focus. Use my 20% off discount at magicmind.co slash HRN. Use discount code HRN when you order. And on the fine print, Magic Mind is gluten-free, paleo, and keto-friendly, and 100% natural. The company has a zero-carbon footprint and a no-questions-asked money-back guarantee on your first purchase. Purchase at magicmind.co slash HRN and use my HRN discount for 20% off. You are listening to Tech Bites, the show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today, that intersection is an app and a website called Cook Unity. If you want to check them out, you can find them at cookunity.com or on social media at Cook Unity. It's pretty simple. You punch in your zip code. It's a meal delivery service. You get to pick meals made by chefs, actual chefs. Not just chefs cooking the recipes that a corporate chef has come up with, but chefs really 
cooking their own personal food, deciding what they want to offer you for their spring menu, going into the Cook Unity kitchen and cooking it up and packaging it up for you. So it's an interesting actual marketplace more for a collection of chefs or a chef's collective. Um, And it's very interesting. They've gone national. Um, They did a big, big Series B raise last year in 2021 to the tune of about 47 million, according to news. Um, They have some very high profile chefs like Jean-Georges Van Gerichten and Esther Choi. They also have chefs like Emily Peck, plant-based nutritionist, who is with us today. Emily, you joined Cook Unity back in 2018 um, to find colleagues in a space Mm -hmm. um, and expand your own experience in cooking knowledge. Tell us how your business individually and then collectively evolved starting in March 2020 with the pandemic. There was such a seismic shift Mm -hmm. in how consumers live, how we all live and eat you know, starting with sheltering in place when the world came to a stop. And there has been a seismic shift in how restaurants work and how chefs work and what the opportunities are today. So if you can take us through what happened um, starting in 2020 and then moving forward. Sure, yes. 2020, um, I had about six private clients at that time and I had been working in their homes and thinking about transitioning to working in a kitchen space rather than um, going home to home just to sort of streamline my business. But when the pandemic happened, that obviously I couldn't continue on that same exact path. So not knowing exactly what to do, losing half my clients, I was able to, I had already been introduced to Cook Unity. And so it was a great transition and got me very happy, you know, made me very excited to be able to continue sharing my food. And especially in a time when people couldn't or didn't have the energy or wherewithal to cook for themselves um, and looking for other healthy options. And it allowed me to um, expand on that and, and, and find ways to um, share my food all over the East Coast. And it, it, you know, I still have private clients now, and but the transition was completely essential for me at that time. And to have that space to go to and to have my own kitchen space where I can feel comfortable, um, you know, recipe testing and growing my team and, figuring out what kind of food I really wanted to serve on a a wider scale. And so it was really wonderful for me as a chef to be able to have that in during that time in that difficult time. (laughs) I would imagine that business came to a standstill and then started up. Has it just grown exponentially over the past year or two? It has. Yeah. And I think, you know, the pandemic was, beneficial well not beneficial but cook unity was such a great option for people during the pandemic and has just continued to be i think we've all transitioned to ordering everything online and and um yeah and and the and the beauty of it is is that you can find any any type of cuisine um really directed to 
any type of diet um, and wellness goals. So there's really something for everybody there. And I love that we can cater to that. Do you think that people are more interested in a plant-based diet now because of the perceived health benefits that people are, people have always been interested in where their food comes from and having things be organic and fresh and natural. People have always looked at food as, um, you know, something to keep them healthy or make them healthier. But do you think that the pandemic has brought an increased interest in plant-based? I do, at least um, an in- increased interest in overall health and wellness and plant, you know, going plant-based is, whether it's trendy or not, is, is one way to um, take care of your health. And I do think that the pandemic helped expand that a bit more and open people's minds a little bit to eating in a more um, wholesome, seasonal, healthy way, in addition to climate change. And, you know, we want to try to take care of our earth in any way we can. And going plant-based is one way to do that. Uh, And I think the pandemic, um, you know, despite Cook Unity, there's actually only, um, in the New York location, three plant-based chefs and We've all been growing at a steady pace since the pandemic. And I do think it it has a lot to do with people wanting to take care of themselves in a different way, or at least be more conscious of of what they're putting in their bodies. And they do have kitchens in New York and Los Angeles, I think Austin, Chicago, and Atlanta, which is coming close to covering the the entire country. But let me ask you, as a plant-based chef... Mm -hmm. We have covered several plant-based food companies on Tech Bites mm. over the years. Um, everything from the Impossible Foods, where they're creating a plant-based burger, to um, lab-grown um, meats and seafoods, to plant-based dairy alternatives, all kinds of things. What's your point of view as a plant-based chef about all of these plant-based replacement products for animal-based foods. Mm. Yeah, I I feel torn, uh, but I do I do think it's a, a great option or at least starting point for people who are transitioning or dabbling with going plant-based. Um, you know, I don't necessarily feel like recreating the taste of meat is what we need to do in order to stay healthy. But it's um, a good alternative for, for meat eaters. And I tend to, or I used to tend to steer clear of using a lot of those substitutes, mostly because we don't really need the extra soy and a lot of other additives in, in some of those products. But then again, some of them a lot with are, are using different kinds of protein, pea protein, hemp protein, and I think those and using a variety of those types of substitutes can be good. But my goal, yes, is not to to mimic the flavor, um, but I do think having it in some meals or some dishes can enhance the flavor of the vegetables and, and also help people um, maybe enjoy the food in a more familiar way. An interesting point about the plant-based 
substitutes mm. of animal-based products is they're not necessarily healthier for you right in a total sense right there's a there's a, i mean there's so many degrees of of product type up against what the thing was I think, you know, it's almost, um, you know, years ago when we started to first see, you know, diet things or fat-free things or gluten-free things or um, sugar-free things, the the instant recollection for people or the instant understanding for people is, oh, mm. gluten-free or fat-free or sugar-free, that means it's it's healthier for me. Right. Which is sort of in direct opposition to the idea of a, farm to table or natural where you the the goal is to have natural ingredients with the least mm-hmm. amount of processing possible right and then the plant-based foods are sort of maximum processing <laughs> they really are. complete like maximum processing in a lab or factory setting so there's a lot of interesting dichotomies happening in the plant-based mm-hmm. world um which I find very interesting. And, you know, my question, um, you know, one of the things that I think about is do, do we need a plant-based version of all these animal things when, um, and case in point, your offerings on cook unity, you could open a, a, a wonderful Italian restaurant and it could be completely vegan and vegetarian. And unless you talked about that, no one would know necessarily because, you know, Pasta Pomodoro is completely vegan. That's so true. Yes. And yeah, like a bolognese sauce, you know, you could put impossible meat in it or you could put lentils in it. And, you know, the impossible meat will give more of a umami flavor and maybe be a bit bit more of a hearty dish. But if you use lentils instead, yeah, you're you're certain. There are so many cuisines in the world that are vegetarian, so many dishes, so many mm-hmm. things that it's interesting that we need to recreate a plant-based version of so many things when right. we're not really we're not really utilizing or accessing, you know, sort of the global cookbook of vegetarian cooking. Right. It's like, you know, anything that's popular is going to be like gluten-free, you know, before, you know, we didn't see gluten-free on juices or, you know, drinks or anything. And now I see it. I even bought like a knife the other day. And there was <laughs> the packaging said gluten-free knife. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Maybe a little bit on the marketing before. overload. Yes. <laughs> but in terms of, yeah, in, in vegetarian cooking, I think, you know, it's nice to use here and there. Because we have it and it's fun to experiment with. Like I, I love learning about the different vegan feta products and, and which which one is better, the best of all, and has the, you know, best quality ingredients, least processed. But ultimately they all are more processed than regular feta. So it sort of just depends on where your health goals are and what, what matters to you the most. It's a very interesting time in so many ways, and certainly the options that we have with cooking and food and, and what we can bring to our homes has never been um, more plentiful in, a, in, in some ways. 
I want to thank Chef Emily Peck for coming on the show. If you want to follow her on social media, she is at Chef M. Peck. If you want to try her cooking at Cook Unity, go to cookunity.com or find them at Cook Unity and use her discount code, Chef Emily, for 50% off your first order. Yeah. There's nothing bad about that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like a, a great deal to me. Um, yes. I also want to thank Matt Patterson, who is our engineer and head of audio programming, for making us sound great. I want to thank Magic Mind for keeping us on the air and the mics hot. And I want to thank you, all of our listeners, because without you, it would just be me and Emily talking, which is great. (laughs) But it's nice to know there's a wider, bigger community out there of people interested in our food how we get it, how we make it, and listening to that, sharing that, recording that, saving that for the future and for today. And as we know, happy to hear Chef Emily Peck saying that a few years ago she listened to an episode, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say life-changing, but I'm not not going to say (laughs) life-changing. I'm Jennifer Leudzi, and this is Tech Bites. Thank you so much. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.